which is helpful. I'm a neurotic vicar, which is very helpful to have a friend who's a competent psychologist and psychiatrist. And um, so we connected about five years ago. Oh, no, it's more than that. Now it's six years ago. We're getting old as well, which is very depressing because we used to think that we were quite young and cool in this arena. Now we're not looking so young and cool. Um, but we connected um, back uh, at a rowing event and we were talking about our different interests in emotional mental health. And what started off as a kind of little blog conversation online and a, a little mini website that we've kind of created in, in, in uh, the back garden of cyberspace has now turned into something much bigger. And I, I just want to say what a privilege it is to share this space with you. Because what we don't want with Minosol is it becomes some sort of professionalised entity that people come to, uh, but actually a shared space where we all uh, enjoy the expertise uh, that, that are present in the room, but also that we all share that journey of healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. So just feel free that, uh, you know, feel encouraged that you're contributing just by being here. And we know that there are many, many wonderful voices that we would like to raise up in this group today uh, to speak into uh, this generation of young people for tomorrow. Well, I'm going to spend the next half an hour talking about um, creating uh, a culture of security for positive mental health in young people. And um, my slides here are about the circle of security. And I, I just want to underpin this by saying there are various different things we could talk about, but I'm, I'm really excited about church as a church leader. And I long for the church to reflect the healing and wholeness that Jesus offers. I long for a church that's emotionally alive and attuned and ready to really serve as hands and feet. And my church, St. Peter's in West Harrow, has a, has a Christian medical practice attached. One of the reasons why I took the job in the first place, and one of the things that really excited me about that was that here were people who were doing the best possible professional job for healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. I thought, isn't that fantastic that we've got that in the physical, if only we also had that in the psychological We face challenges, and I don't want to depress you before lunch, Rob and Kate have already talked about the problems that young people face, but I want to sort of underpin, if you like, some of those problems with a, some sort of resolution by viewing the ground and saying that largely young people today are struggling, if you like, we, we believe that they're struggling more than they were before as leaders in this area because of the breakdown of family units. You know, today's youth generation is actually really the first generation to have been raised in a culture of divorce. I'm not saying that here today to, to, to make anyone feel uncomfortable who, who, who either is a child of a divorced family or is a divorcee themselves. It's just to say that the, that the age group that we're facing, the sort of 16s to 19s of today, are the product of 20 years of increasing divorce and family breakdown in the UK. And, and the circle of nurture and uh, security that underpins a family unit has an awful lot to say about the future emotional and mental well-being of a child. And so uh, when we run the Soul Survivor conferences in the summer and we find our, um, our welfare teams are absolutely overrun with high-level uh, dysfunction, it's actually because of an increasing societal problem here in the UK. Now, we need to, obviously, as a church, work into marriage and relationships to strengthen the foundations of family life. We also need to know how we're going to respond in uh, returning young people to a place of security and nurture for their mental health. If we go on to the next slide. I believe that the 
Oh, that's the first slide. Sorry, I'm useless at this. I need to wave my hand in the air. So we need to create this culture. But, but, but God created that culture first here at Adam and Eve in the garden. And, um, and God created a culture. He created a circle of security. Remember that he created man, not a sort of automon, but, but man as alive and free and ready and able to work in the garden. God created free will precisely because God's creativity was going to continue to flow within the development of humankind. That actually God's creative work was going to continue on as man enjoyed the garden, as he enjoyed woman, as they procreated together, as they farmed the land, as they nurtured one another as a group. What we see in Genesis 1 and 2 is that man was given the freedom to explore the garden, the instruction to till the ground, and to delight in a relationship with God. Now we see that this is true. In Genesis 3, 8, the passage shows us that there was a, a safe haven in relationship. That actually, remember when man fell, uh, he hid in the garden where God would walk in the cool of the day. Uh, that they'd shared that time of walking, of, of being safe with the Father, of enjoying a relationship of nurture and encouragement. And so what I want to say to you at the start of this talk today is that the circle of security is a circle of God's design. It's a circle that we need to understand because it's a circle that represents life as it was before the fall and it also represents our lives now. Every single one of you are part of a circle of security and you create a circle of security for others. So let's have a look at the circle. Let's go on to the next slide. So this circle uh, is significant. Um, it's, a, it's designed by Hoffman in 2000. It's a great psychological tool and it describes our relationship in terms of the circle. The hands that you can see at the end are the provision of a parent or you could say of God as father that he is both a secure base on the top and a safe haven on the bottom. In child development, we talk about uh, leaving a safe base, leaving the parent, going off to explore an adventure, and then when our emotional cup begins to empty, returning to a safe haven where we're going to be embraced and loved. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter called Skye. I think she's very cute. She thinks she's very cute too, which makes her not quite so cute. Um, but I was down at the playground yesterday with Skye, and uh, I have my son in the pram, and she wants to explore. So I'm there, standing there with the pram, keeping my son asleep. She's looking at me thinking, I love you, Dad, but this is boring. I want to explore. So I give permission. Darling, you can go and explore. You can go and go on anything. So she's great. So she runs off, looking back every so often to make sure I'm still there, but she explores. Now she gets into all sorts of trouble on the tractor-shaped climbing frame, and she needs a little hand up, but she doesn't want to be mollycoddled or taken back to the pram. She just needs to play. So I withdraw again. She continues to play, but then she gets bored on the tractor-shaped uh, kind of climbing frame, so she climbs down and she goes off to the swing, and she plays by the swing and she wants to go on a bigger swing. So she looks back because she knows I might come and assist her in getting on. And so they would swing. And she gets off the swing. I help her off and I go back. And then she goes to play on the roundabout. And she keeps playing. But then after a while you can see that anxiety starts to bear. Have I been away for too long? Am I getting tired? Are there other children around here that I don't like so much? 
I'm going to go to back to the safe haven. So then she runs back, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. So Daddy says, hello, darling, how was it? We have a cuddle. Her emotional cup is refilled. Then she says, hmm, I'm bored again. I, I want to go and play on the tractor-shaped climbing frame, please. So then she goes off again to explore. She knows that I'm there because I'm a safe base. She goes out to the far reaches of the circle, the far reaches of the playground, exploring and enjoying, but the tipping point is in this far corner where she suddenly thinks, actually, I'm not quite so sure that I'm okay anymore. I need to return to the safe haven to have my emotional cup refilled. Who's got an iPod? Anyone? Great. I have an iPod. It's great. I'm now a walking advert for Apple. I even have it on my desk here. I never thought this would happen to me. I was always a PC, but obviously my identity has changed. (laughs) The thing about my iPod is it's great. I recharge it at the base station, and then I go running with it. And sometimes my wife, who likes to use the exercise bike in in the back room of our house, will take my iPod, and then she will use my iPod for a long time, and she will forget to take it to the base recharger for recharging. And then I will find it straddling the bicycle somehow by the earphones and I'll have to take it down and I'll plug it in and I'll go running but then halfway along my run my iPod will cease to run and I'll look at it angrily and press the on button but it will not go on and I'll run home in silence and I'll be grumpy. (laughs) The thing is about the circle of security is it, 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 it needs the secure base to be recharged. We all need a secure base to be recharged. Each of you needs a secure base to be recharged by the Father. And in relationship as an infant, you will have found the secure base, I hope, in the loving arms of your mother and father. The difficulty that we face in youth mental health so often is that there's not a secure base, that actually children are not developing from a secure base or they are not welcomed back to a safe haven. The model is fundamental to creating an emotionally healthy space in in the midst of our service to young people. If you work with young people today, if you're not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, that's fine. Neither am I. Look at this model and wonder, how can we create this in our ministry for young people? Think of the origins of the model. Jesus' ministry in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, is baptised. At the start of his ministry, he goes down into the waters of baptism. He comes out of the water again and there's a voice from heaven saying, This is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven and it lights upon him. It's the first picture of the Holy Trinity in the New Testament. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all present, affirming the identity of Jesus, who then, from the secure base of identity in the Father, steps out into the desert for testing, exploring the extent of his leadership, of his authority, reaching uh, that far end, if you like, at times of exhaustion, What happens in Mark's Gospel when Jesus heals many people throughout the night? He sneaks out in the early hours of the morning whilst there's still hundreds of people lying on the floor. In fact, the whole town were lying on the floor waiting to be healed. He climbs over them and goes up a mountain. Then the disciples come out looking for him and they're saying, Jesus, what are you doing? There's all these people. They all need to be healed. He's saying to them, I need you to spend time with the Father. 
let's leave this place. The lost sheep of Israel are looking for the lost shepherd. He's up the mountain. He's saying, hold on, who's lost here? Jesus was recharging in the base station, the secure base, the base of the Father. He was plugged in to the Father. In the scriptures, the security, the circle of security, the picture of God's model, if you like, of, of our identity maturing and being enabled and being released is right there, plain for us to see. Jesus goes to spend time with the Father. He goes out exploring through the ministry. He comes to a point where he needs to return to the Father. He re-enters the embrace of the Father. He's recharged from ministry. He steps out again into the season of adventuring. Look at what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is just to undertake the greatest journey, if you like. Spends time on his knees before the Father, recharging. Father, if you don't want this for me, take this cup from me. He's recharging the Father's arms and then he sets out to the outer reaches of the circle. He goes down into death and then he comes back to life and is re-embracing Father in the safe haven of heaven. He's resurrected from the dead. Well, let's think of the practical outworking of this for us. Here's a picture of the circle of security. If we can just go on to the next slide, this is this is the circle developed, if you like, with the model I mentioned about my daughter, the secure base. You can see uh, the child is running away from the secure base saying, I, I need you too. The, father's, the parent is saying, I need you. The child is running away saying, I need you too, but I'm running away now because I'm bored and I need to have some fun. And then the child has still got their back on, 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 the, on the parent, on the carer, and still saying, I need you too. I need you to watch over me. I need you to help me. I need you to enjoy with me, and I did need you to delight in me. So Cooper and Hoffman, they're saying that, that, that this, is what, this is on the back of something like 70,000 hours of child research, and uh, it's, inc- it's an incredible piece of work. This is what formulates healthy attachment and healthy identity in children. This is what, at the far end of the circle, the child is really needing. And then when they get to that point of kind of the emotional cup or the battery of the iPod running down, they start to run back to the safe haven. Welcome my coming to you. Welcome me home. And then on the knees, I need you to protect me, to comfort me, to delight in me and to help organize my feelings. You might wonder why I'm even teaching on this now at a youth mental health conference. If you are, think about it. Think about the similarities between this toddler behavior and the behavior of many of the teenagers that we care for. Actually, there's so many similarities between the outworking of toddler behavior and the outworking of teenage behavior. There's such significant developmental stages, and they're all about reaffirming uh, and confirming the identity of the individual whilst maintaining the strength of the nurturing relationship. Now, this is the model, if you like, in, 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 sort of in perfection, This is what we're looking for. And Glenn Cooper, who founded the model, said that uh, we are trying to find a way to the needs behind the behavior and address the needs. When you do, problematic behavior disappears. Now, we could teach about all sorts of things. What what I want is is a tool that you can walk away from today and put into practice tomorrow. Now, that's what I'm really hoping out of this half an hour session with you. That Cooper says we're trying to find a way to to the needs behind the behavior and address the needs. You know, as a church leader, it's very quick. I can be so quick to say, oh my goodness, look at this behavior. 
what are we going to do with this? We're going to have to do some discipline as, as a church. We're going to have to, you know, bring some level of kind of reprimand here because this behavior is not appropriate for Christian leaders or this outworking is not right. You know, we mustn't be doing this. Very rarely do we say, what need is it that's unfulfilled? What, what is it that I need to address here? Because this behavior is an expression of a deeper need. We, I was in a brilliant seminar there with Andre Radmel about addictions. Yet the behavior of addiction, he made so clear, was a reflection of a deeper, unmet need. And, and, and friends, the answer is always Jesus. <laughs> I see that Sunday school. It's gray, it's got a fluffy tail, and it eats nuts. What is the answer? Uh, Jesus, but also a squirrel. Uh, you know, the answer to the problem is Jesus, because the unmet need in people is the divine problem, if you like. It's the fall itself. What did the fall do? The fall broke the circle of security. The fall broke the circle of security. Adam, the first thing he did when, he had, when his behavior expressed the brokenness was not to go back to the safe base to recharge. It was to sew a loincloth out of leaves and hide in the woods as if God wasn't going to find him. No, he broke the, the circle of security by not returning to the safe haven. Many of our young people today are not returning to the safe haven that the church or the youth ministry or the church counseling service is supposed to be. They're not returning. The circle of security is broken. Let's go on to the next slide and look a little bit of a, a detachment. We could roll on to the next slide there. Attachment is fundamental to good teenage mental health. In fact, to all mental health. Attachment is fundamental at the heart of developing a secure attachment is, is the knowledge that your caregiver is emotionally available to be with you during times of need. Attachment theory is based on the be with principle. You know what? Scripture and psychology are not too far away. Jesus said, I am with you even until the ends of the age. Jesus was the be with you principle of the kingdom of God and he is. I am with you always. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. The, the fundamental uh, psychology of the circle of security is actually ripped straight out of the scriptures. You know, this is the restoration. The be with principle is the principle of God being with us. The whole nature of the incarnation is the be with principle. God with us. The external goal, and this is maybe more psychological, the goal of uh, attachment is this balance between exploration and proximity to the caregiver. That's what the secure base is. That the ability to go out and explore, but knowing that you're near to. My daughter, at two and a quarter, she just wants to explore so long as she, I'm near to. I can tell you, friends, she's got eagle eyes. If I left the playground before time was up and she'd come back to me, she would know even like from a distance that I'd gone. And she would start crying straight away. She would shout, Daddy! She needs proximity. She doesn't need to be smothered. She needs my proximity. God is with us. Are we empowering and enabling our young people to explore, to develop in personality and character and in identity? Well, with proximity to us as their leaders and caregivers. 
Are we smothering them and stealing their opportunity for exploration? Or are we absent from them and denying them the opportunity to explore fully and fruitfully? The internal goal is to achieve this sense of felt security. Now, the Old Testament scriptures are are, are filled with the battle of the people of Israel for security. They are constantly working out how they can remain secure. Moses gets it in the ear most of the time when things go slightly wrong. When the people, if you like, have extended themselves right to the circle, right to the corner of the circle of security. That's a bit of an oxymoron because there aren't any corners in a circle. But you know what I mean. The far point. They've got to the far point and they go back to Moses and they say, Moses, Moses, what's going on? There's no bread. There's no water. I'm hungry. I want to go home. Dad, take me back to Egypt. And he's saying, hold on. Let's just embrace that. Let's embrace the Father. Let's go back up the mountain. Look at the cloud. Look at the fire. God is with us. We are secure. You know, at moments in, 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 in the history of the people of Israel, it's, it's the times when they allow fear to overcome them. They don't return to the secure base that they incur the wrath of God. It was when Moses left them, if you like, he walked out of the playground and they're all wandering around for a bit, you know, doing the right thing. And then they're kind of looking up the mountain thinking, he's still not back yet. I mean, we, 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 we can't go back to the secure base. Hey, let's make our own secure base out of gold. A cow, that would be a good idea. Let's do that. A gold cow. That will fix all our problems. You know what the gold cow is of today? The gold cow is things like self-harm, addictive behaviors, pornography. These are the golden cows because there's no way back into the circle of security. There's no way back in to find the security that we really have been ordained for, which is security in the heart of God. You know, the sad thing about pure attachment theory, me and Kate were talking about this earlier on, it's good to have friends who are psychologists. She was, saying the, she was saying to me, the bad thing about pure attachment theory is that there's nothing that can be done to repair infantile damage. There's nothing that can be done. You know, they were talking about the products of dysfunctional families. They say, well, of course, you know, their parent just didn't love them. You know, they didn't nurture them, didn't encourage them. And, and you've got what you've got. That's it. But I don't believe that's the end of the story, friends, because I believe in Jesus Christ who's the beginning and the end of the story, who invites us back into a new circle of security. Why did Jesus say to Nicodemus, you need to be born again in order to receive the kingdom of heaven? You need to be born again into what? You need to be born again into the divine circle of security. Let me nurture you. Let me tell you who Father is. Let me restore you to myself. Let me show you what your true identity is in Christ. You know, friends, we talk all about sort of, you know, it's kind of a buzzword, isn't it? What's my real identity in Christ? My real identity in Christ is the felt security of knowing God as Father. That's it. It's the felt security of knowing God as Father because Jesus died for me and made my entry into the circle of God's divine security a possibility once again. It's an incredible thing. God can repair broken attachments, and restore a sense of security to each one of us. And if you're disheartened in your ministry to teenagers with mental or emotional health issues today, I want to encourage you, because whatever you read in the manuals, God can and will do it. This is the attachment working model, an internal model, and and this is why mentoring and discipleship are so key. And this is why as leaders, we need to be aware of ourselves 
What are we showing our young people? Here's the baby looking at mum and dad, loving one another, and he's seeing the story of attachment. The story of relationship is imprinted upon him, and then it becomes a hardwired model in his head. Sorry, I'm, way, I'm, way, I'm talking about a slide I can see, but you can't see. Let's roll on. Here's mum and dad. Here's the baby. Looks a bit like my daughter, although she's a bit cuter than that. And, uh, and then you can see the story of relationship and how the relationship is hardwired. Now, when this process is dysfunctional, obviously the story of relationship is hardwired in a negative way amongst our youth and young people. But God's story, the grand meta-narrative, the great red line of history, can imprint itself above and beyond the story of learned behaviour. This is what I believe to be true. That, that actually we have to work into actually laying the story of the Lord's attachment to us, the rebirth that we have in him uh, on top of this broken story. But, but we also have to model what this looks like. Because what we do and what's viewed about us is as important about what, as what we say, how we act. If our churches are filled with discord, disharmony and disunity, if people who make mistakes are sent out into the desert like an unholy scapegoat, then what's that say about relationship? What's that say about love and nurture and security? If it's not okay to talk about mental health issues in our churches, if it's not okay to say, I'm a self-harmer, I'm depressed, I'm anorexic, then what's that say about the security of uh, the circle of security? What's that say about the safe harbour, the place of, of intimacy and welcome? We have to model that in what we do in order that our churches reflect the divine circle of security that he's created us to be, a place of nurture, a place where he says, I am the father to the fatherless. You know, that in itself is saying that actually a childhood attachment isn't the end of the story. If you were an orphan, if you had no father, if there was no story of parental love and affection, I am a father to the fatherless. I can restore attachment and health in your emotional sphere. Let's roll on to the next slide. So there's a relationship, a relational template, which is God-given. And there's, uh, in, this is informed by experience, the influence, and it's influenced by temperament, scripture, and discipleship. You know, it's influenced by many things, but these are the, these are the, these are the things I want you to sort of hold on to, that scripture and discipleship have an impact on us reclaiming that uh, divine circle of security. And, and that our attachment does predict later patterns of behavior. And that's why many of the young people that we're ministering to do behave in, in negative ways. You know, we have to look at the need behind the behavior to understand it. And sometimes we can be so draconian and heavy-handed in our approach to the behavior. And we say God hates a sin, but he loves a sinner. But we're very good at the prescription and very poor at the cure. Now, we need to be so good at saying God loves a sinner. And let's talk about the sin. Now, let's talk about the needs. Why is this done? Why is this needed? Why is this behavior and outworking of what's going on? Let's minister right into the need. And then we'll see the behavioral change. Now, it saddens me that the church is viewed by the general public in such a sort of draconian way. And we do this, uh, we do like an alpha course, we do vox pops on the street. And I, 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 my, my alpha course, I show this video of vox pops about what people think about church. And people are just going, I don't want to live by anyone else's rules. Christians always tell people what you're not supposed to do. Christianity is boring and draconian and unpleasant. I'm thinking, wow. 
what message is it we've been presenting for the past 2,000 years? You know, is it the message of Jesus? Let's get the message of Jesus in there. We need to help people to re-enter the circle of security in order that they are able to embrace one another and love one another as Christ loved them and create a circle of security for others. What's the difference between a discipled person and an undiscipled person? A discipled person invites others into God's circle of security. That's it. You know, a discipled person says, I'm rooted in the love of God. I'm known by God and I'm inviting others into that relationship. It's not so complex. But we need to know who we are in order to invite other people into the circle of who we are. The impact of poor attachment is on this, this roll on to this, uh, this, this next couple of slides. A poor or faulty attachment to the power base limits exploration and the development of healthy, independent activity. I'm, I'm going to have to roll quite quickly, aren't I? I'm so verbose. I told Kate I was going to do this. I'm eating to a lunch break already. This is terrible. Eat your stuff now. Don't worry. Eat now. And I won't get in trouble. So poor or faulty attachment leads to suspicion and separation from the safe haven. I don't want to go back there. Those people don't love me. Those people want something from me. They probably just want my cash. No, people extricate themselves from the circle of security willingly because they want to find a reason not to go back because they're suspicious in their hearts. And many of our young people develop emotional and mental health problems later through having experienced limited security or a circle of disorganisation. We're just going to see these next slides quite quickly. This is what happens, if you like, in, in the circle of anxiety where um, what we find here is that the child maybe is anxious about the needs of the caregiver the youth worker who says, guys, I really need you. I need you to complete me. Come and be a bum on the seat so I feel better about my ministry. I, I, I need you to be here. You know, don't let me down. Don't let me down. You know, why didn't you call me? You're supposed to call me. The anxiety of the caregiver who, who overwhelms the person who's struggling. You know, I, I need this for me. Uh, th- then you see the, the child here. They're, they're not sure where to go. I need you to welcome my coming to you, but it, it, that makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, and, I, and so I give you the message that I'm just not interested in the ministry, and I act like I need to just wander away. We're losing people, friends, hands over fist. We're losing streams and streams of young people from our ministries, people who need an encounter with the Lord, because the circle of security is warped out of shape. It's become our shape, not God's. Here's the circle of disorganization. The child just running around mindlessly in the middle. I need you too. They're not even sure. I need you, but you're so, uh, you're so frightened of me or frightening to me that I have no one to turn to and I don't know what to do. You know, lots of the most damaged young people that we're ministering to, young people with, with, with real complex mental health and emotional health issues, have come from a circle of disorganization. They've come out of family settings where there, there just is no order. There's no safe haven. There's no secure base. We need to introduce them to order and to love and to compassion. We need to be secure in ourselves in order to do that. Here's the circle of repair. The child says, Mum, Dad, I get upset, frustrated, withdrawn, whiny. I know all about those things. I was up half the night. Demanding, out of control. You know, my behavior actually means that I need you. Some of our young people, I've had young people do all sorts of crazy things. I'm thinking, why did you do that? And then you suddenly think, you need me, don't you, to respond to you. You need me to actually say, is there a problem? We heard about attention-seeking behavior earlier. Some of us can go, oh, attention-seeking behavior. 
That's terrible. Is it? Is attention-seeking behavior terrible? I don't think it is. I think attention-seeking behavior is great. The problem's with us. Why didn't we pay attention? Why didn't we pay attention earlier so they didn't need to be difficult and have you know, attention-seeking behavior? Why weren't we looking in the playground? We need to be looking. We need to see. If there's attention-seeking behavior, are we paying any attention I don't know what to do with how I'm feeling. The child who's, or the teen whose feelings are disorganized at the far end of the circle. I need you, though, to be calm, to take charge, to be kind, to stay with me until we both understand this feeling that seems too much for me alone. Help me to return to what I was doing uh, with a new option. Let's be secure in ourselves and who Christ has made us so we can actually be secure in the ministry that we're offering to those that we're serving. Let's have a look at hope. So the circle of security is God's design and can be restored within the lives of our young people. This is true. It's God's picture, the circle of security. He calls us his children and he is ultimately the secure base to which we must all return. I think the Holy Spirit is fundamental to healing both the broken circles of the past and to recharge individuals for exploration now. I always say to folks, guys, we're like cars driving around. Can you drive your car forever without going to the petrol station? I know we all try and avoid it now, particularly it's £1.50 for a gallon of diesel. But, um, but you have to go there, whether you like it or not. You've got to go and get refilled. We leak the spirit. We need to go back to the power base and be refilled all the time. We need to help our young people to plug into the Holy Spirit to be recharged by his power. So they can then again begin to explore, to separate, and to become the full people that God's called them to be. And like the prodigal son, we're welcomed back into the safe haven. You know the story of the prodigal? It's the story of the circle of security. Look what happens. The father, don't be nervous. I'm going to finish soon. Stop touching your face in a slightly anxious finish now kind of a look. They're my friends and my colleagues, and I'm reprimanding them now. Just be in the circle. You're in my circle of trust, Rob. You're in my circle of trust. Just be part of the family. Think about the prodigal for a minute. You know, the prodigal, he's right there, isn't he? He's right there at the secure base. He's thinking, I'm bored of farming. James is here. He's learning to be be a farmer. I'm bored of farming already. I want to go and do stuff. So he goes out to explore. Now, his behavior is bit broken and needy on the route and he gets right to the far end of the circle and then he's lying there in a pit with pigs thinking about how hungry he is and that's when his emotional cup is empty and at a moment of revelation he turns between the top half of the circle and the bottom and he begins to return to the safe haven he's not 100% sure that it's okay but ultimately he is returning he comes to the safe haven and what does he get Does he get the classic churchy barrage of of kind of, what were you doing with those prostitutes in the foreign land? What were you doing on the gambling machines in Las Vegas? What have you done with all my cash? Why weren't you tithing? What's going on? Does he get that? No, he doesn't get any of it. He doesn't get any. He gets this embrace. He gets this, my son, I love you. Welcome home. I've been running down the road to meet you. I've put my best robe on your back, a ring on your finger, sandals on your feet. And not only that, we're having a party tonight to celebrate that you're back in the safe haven. He's restored. 
Here's a circle for our youth. Here's the secure base, the young person. They're running away. I need you to running, remember. They're running away. Support my exploration of life. Oversee me, encourage me. CQs to help me, but ask before helping, right? Ask before you help me. I don't need help with this technology, Dad. I know how to do it myself. Respect me. And then, casually meandering home, I need you to welcome my coming to you. To the safe haven. I'm not looking too keen. I've got my hand in my pocket, my coat on my back. But I just need to be back here, if that's cool with you, Dad. If that's cool with you, youth worker. If that's cool with you, counsellor. If that's cool with you, church leader. I just kind of feel like it's time to come back to church. I feel like it's time to have a bit of counselling. I feel it's time to talk about my problems. Help me to protect myself, comfort me when I need it, welcome me, and help again to organise my feelings. Developing a culture of security in our churches, uh, parents, whether you're a youth minister, whatever your deal is, seek to create a circle of security that reflects God's design. Be aware of your own neediness in manipulating the circle. Recognise that helping young people develop healthy Christian identity can only be done through nurturing their attachment to God as Father. It's fundamental that we teach them that God is good and God is Father. And don't make your ministry a place of grace and not judgment. And don't take personal responsibility for the material that you're given. Just work with it for the glory of God. Yeah, welcome everyone home. It's not your fault, the problems, the, the, the brokenness, the lack of attachment. Not your responsibility for what's happened. What's your responsibility to introduce this young person to the circle of God's security? I know who I am. Let's just go on to this, just, I think, one or two more slides, guys. I'm really pushing my luck now. I know who I am because I know whose I am. Now, if we are building a circle of divine security, it's all rooted in the identity of who we belong to. I can leave my Father God because I know that I'm his. I can do the work of the ministry, the work of life, because I know whose I am. I know whose I am. God is the I am. He said, I am. That's his name. And he names us to be the little I ams of God. He's saying, look, join me. Be part of me. Come back to the safe haven of who I am. And then go out in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work of exploration, of ministry, of growth, of identity, of challenge, of healing. And then return to me. As soon as your cup spiritually and emotionally begins to empty, return to the safe base of the I am of God. Charge up with the Holy Spirit. Be made new. Well, I'm going to leave it there before I get in any more trouble. I'm secure though, so I'm okay. In the I am of God, not in myself. But, you know, friends, um, I'm going to pass back to Kate now. I, I, I hope you've enjoyed that. It's just an introduction. But I, I, I do want to, um, yeah, I, I want to I really bless you in that. And I, I, want to, I want to invite you also to look up the, the science behind it. Cooper, Hoffman, and Powell. Uh, the circleofsecurity.org if you want to find some of the technical stuff. Um, or have a look at the Mindsoul website, and I'll make sure that that stuff's available to you. Welcome, friends to the circle of God's security. Bless you and bless those who you serve. Thanks. Thanks to Will there.
And I'm sure it's not just the psychologists and psychiatrists that we're control freaks or anything that he keeps thinking that we're the ones who'll be worrying about the time. Um, just to give you some information, it's lunchtime now. Um, that is a lot of cheering. It is quite late for lunch. I apologize if you're absolutely starved. Now, just some quick information if you are absolutely starved. Um, if you've brought your own lunch, that's great. Stay in here and eat it, or do go and look at some of the, um, some of the stands and stuff across in the other room. If you haven't, there are 150 lunches for sale in the cafe for three pounds each. And when they're gone, they're gone. So just let's not try not to kill anyone in the stampede. Um, if, if you don't get there in the first 150, there is apparently a corner shop somewhere but I don't know where so ask somebody who knows <laughs> if you eat your lunch really quickly or you um, need to fancy to get some more input there are a couple of things going on at lunchtime <laughs>